It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Magic, your daily podcast on the Orlando Magic, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And you are indeed Locked On Magic. Today is July 31st, 2019. My name is Philip Rossenreich. I'm the expert and site editor over at OrlandoMagicDaily.com. You, of course, follow me on Twitter at R underscore OMD. On today's episode of Locked On Magic, I'll talk a little bit about the Magic's depth and, and again, stress that depth is a good thing. And why the Magic don't really have a logjam at Power Forward. And why if they do, or if they have a logjam anywhere, that's a good sign for the team moving forward as they try to build and grow to their next step. We'll talk a little bit about some long-term things for the Orlando Magic coming up on today's episode. But before we do any of that, I do want to remind you all that you can check out all the great podcasts on the Locked On Podcast Network by searching on iTunes for Locked On and the team you're looking for. Just like this podcast covering the Orlando Magic with excruciating detail, there's a podcast covering every single team in the NBA with the same level of care and detail that you would find here on Locked On Magic. In addition to that, you can check out Locked On NBA this week to hear from Trevor Booker, NBA player and, of course, I guess special correspondent to Locked On NBA, as he discusses the changing landscape in the NBA after this crazy offseason of player movement. You could also check out Locked On NFL with its new host, Matt Williamson. He brings his expertise as a former NFL scout to the Locked On NFL show as the NFL now gets into full swing. You can find these podcasts, whether it's NBA, NFL, colleges, or MLB, you can find them all on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, Himalaya, the Google Play app, wherever you download podcasts to your podcast enabled listening device and listen to them today. The Locked On Podcast Network, it's your team every day. Hey guys, it's Walker Mail, host of the Locked On Hornets podcast, and being around sports media and a fan of the Hornets for a lifetime has taught me that sometimes it's exploring the sliding doors moments and what-if scenarios in sports that can be the best part of the fan experience. What if the Seahawks let Marshawn run on the one-yard line with the Super Bowl on the line? Or could a coin flip actually have landed Magic in Chicago, Michael in L.A., and made Charles Barkley the first black president? Enter Wondery's newest sports show, Alternate Routes, a weekly leap into the sports multiverse with former Sports Center anchors Trey Wingo and Kevin Frazier. Each week on the podcast, Trey and Kevin will pry open the sliding doors of a different what if moment from the world of sports. In these alternate sports realities, dynasties will fall, legacies will change forever, new goats will emerge. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcast. You can listen to Alternate Routes early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. When the Orlando Magic signed Al Farouk Amino, there was a lot of questions that I think a lot of fans had. It was a signing that didn't quite, it didn't match the expectations for how the Magic would use their mid-level exception. Here was a player in Al Farouk Aminu who has spent most of his career as a starter. Last year for the Portland Trailblazers, he started 81 games. 
And the Magic spending most of their mid-level exception on him, you could argue that he is getting paid pretty close to starter money. And of course, he's a player that is an inconsistent three-point shooter at best. And is defensive-minded. It felt like he was a carbon copy or kind of the, the almost the floor of players the Magic already have on their roster in Aaron Gordon and Jonathan Isaac. If you're going to sign a player with starter capability like that, with not a lot of room to play, as both Gordon and Isaac figure to get a lot of minutes, it's going to leave a lot of questions. And I think the biggest question, and perhaps the, the fairest question, is not necessarily about fit, as far as how he fits into the team, but more about could that resource have been spent better filling another need, whether it's at the guard position, whether it's shooting, whether it's just a a different kind of player there. That, to me, would be a fair question. But the one criticism of this move that I never understood, still don't quite understand, still don't think is really that valid, is that this somehow meant the Magic were preparing to trade Aaron Gordon. That this somehow meant the Magic didn't believe in Isaac and Gordon. That they were ready to push one of them out. That they were kind of speeding up, I guess, the decision-making on whether Gordon and Isaac can truly play together. Those are fair questions, but not questions we're anywhere close to making conclusions on. There, Yes, there is still a bit of a question about whether Gordon and Isaac can play together successfully. Well, the duo had a very positive net rating for the entire season when they were on the court together. During the Magic's 22-9 run, when Gordon and Isaac were on the floor together, they had a negative net rating. The defense was still very, very good, mind you. Um, But it did still seem like Clifford worked to split them up a little bit more than, than we might perceive. Hardly the time to give up on them. Isaac's only 21. Gordon's only 23. They're both going to get a lot better. No, instead what I saw this move as is not creating a log jam at power forward or the four or whatever you want to call it. Because I'm optimistic that Gordon and Isaac can play together. I think last year proved that there is something there. And so, of course, the next step is to watch and see how it grows. And the way the Magic are doing that is they are bringing in a player like Aminu so that they don't have to change the way they play. There is no logjam at power forward. Gordon and Isaac can play both the three and the four. They can play together just like Aminu can. Instead, what Orlando has done here is they have added a high-level backup, a starter-quality backup to this team. Someone who can bring the same level of defense and versatility off the bench. That remains very valuable. No getting around it. That remains still a pretty high-value skill. A high-value thing to have on your team. And yeah, it can be confused a bit for a quote-unquote logjam. Players do still have to accept their roles and play them to a T. 
Now, the logjam does exist when Chuma Okiki returns. Because Okiki is, again, like Aminu, like Gordon, like Isaac, someone who can play either forward position and switch between them pretty, pretty seamlessly, I would say. And if you want to criticize the Aminu signing, it is for that reason. That the Magic drafted someone that plays essentially the same role. They, they duplicated that skill. And if you want to criticize the Aminu signing again, which again, I, I think there are criticisms for it, the person whose minutes get crunched by Aminu is Wesley Awundu off the bench. Because if Terrence Ross is going to play, they're probably playing him more at the two now. So that you could have a Gordon and Isaac together. Or you could have a Gordon and Aminu or Isaac and Aminu together. Then again, there's still the vast possibility because you could play Aminu a little bit at center. And I think he would handle center a lot better than, than Isaac would. There, there are options in the lineup now. And that's really more the point. Now, a lot of what the Magic are doing does rely on Gordon and Isaac being able to play together. And while I think some people aren't sold yet, and that's fair, the jury is still out. The Magic are still gathering information. So... I don't think the Magic are in any rush to trade anyone on this roster. I've already had people, you know, pretty much suggest that, that Gordon's on his way out, which I don't believe. Uh, and, and I've pretty much had people say, say, oh, you know, that this is a sign that, that that's going to happen or that the Magic have to resolve this logjam. And I'm just like, no, not yet. Team is still in a good spot with a lot of pe- players they can mix and match. And that's really the point. But when you break it down to the four, to the four position, which is arguably the Magic's strongest position at this point, they can start Aaron Gordon and Jonathan Isaac together, and it doesn't matter who you call the four. They can switch between them seamlessly. They're versatile enough to defend threes and fours. Then you bring Aminu off the bench, and it allows you to continue playing the same style with the same level of versatility and height. You could play Aminu with a Wundu and Ross if you're, if you're going to go to a more 10-man rotation. He gives you a lot of options, and that's what matters. As this discussion has continued, it, it, I feel like the discussion's always turned to this nomenclature. Who is the four? Who is the three? Jonathan Isaac's better as a four. Aaron Gordon, we know, is better as a four. And... I'll keep telling people, and I'll say this for, for a long time now, that nomenclature doesn't matter. Your position isn't determined by what you can do on offense anymore. Your quote-unquote position is determined by who you can guard on defense. And in that case, Aaron Gordon is a three. In that case, Jonathan Isaac can be a four. In that case, Alfred Camino could play four, can play three, maybe even a little five. And that's ultimately what matters. The Magic need better shooting from Gordon and Isaac. That, that goes without saying. That's, that's going to be part of the part and parcel to everything. But the three and four in the offense essentially play the same. And so again, bringing in a high-level backup, a high-level player who can do that, is only adding depth, not creating a logjam. Again, assuming everyone accepts their role on the team. And that's really what the next steps for the Magic are about. 
is exercising this depth and waiting for the right opportunity. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house, or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming, or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax, make your moves, they'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. As I said, the moment the Magic signed Al Farouk it felt like every a lot of people, and I, I still get tweets about it, a lot of people were off to the races to try and trade Aaron Gordon or trade even Mo Bamba to kind of take that next step. When Russell Westbrook came on the market, and I did a podcast on this and wrote about it, when Russell Westbrook came on the market, a lot of people wanted the Magic to go after him. Now that he's off the market and Chris Paul might be on the market, a lot of people want to go after him. I've gotten trade requ- trade offers involving D'Angelo Russell. And that's all well and good. It's good to think aggressively, and the Magic probably should be. But as I argued back, th- back with Russell Westbrook, the Magic aren't ready to commit that kind of capital yet. I personally do not think they're at that stage. It might be. If Jeff Weltman thinks they are, then they are. And it's about constructing a deal that works. But I'm not prepared to do that yet. I want to see what this team can do together first. But all of this depth they've accumulated now. Steve Clifford likes to keep a nine-man rotation. I think you can argue the Magic have 10, maybe 11 players you feel very comfortable playing in a rotation. Obviously, the starting lineup, DJ Augustin, Evan Fournier, uh, Aaron Gordon, Jonathan Isaac, Nikola Vucevic. But after that... Michael Carter-Williams proved himself pretty good last year. Now, granted, he's had his ups and downs throughout his career. Terrence Ross is obviously a sixth man. Wesley Awundu is a very, very good player. Um, solid bench player, solid role player for this for any team, I think. I think, he, he'll, I think he will get paid a little bit next summer. Al Farouk obviously. Ken Birch, and yeah, we'll go ahead and throw Mo Bamba in there, too. The Magic have a lot of depth and a lot of options to turn to. Unlike last year, and I didn't even mention Marco Fultz, unlike last year, if someone gets hurt, if someone has to miss an extended period of time, which didn't happen last year, the Magic got very injury lucky last year. Mo Bamba was the only major injury on the team, and of course Marco Fultz when they acquired him. If anyone has to miss games next year for any reason, the Magic have a capable replacement for them. And not only, a, in most cases, a capable replacement, but the ability to shift the rotation to cover for them. That's big. That is a big deal. That is a huge advantage. And that's a reason to believe the Magic are a better team now than they were last year. Because they have that advantage. 
Now, granted, the scoring is probably not where it needs to be, and, and there's still the same flaws, of course, but the Magic certainly proved themselves capable in the regular season to put together a little run. And, and in the Eastern Conference, you probably don't need much more than a solid two-and-a-half-month run. But as this team moves forward, as this team assesses how to get better, this depth and this ability to replace guys will make it easier to do what they have to do to get those players. Signing out for Rukumini was not just about adding depth and keeping a similar style of play. It was also about creating another piece that you can feel comfortable plugging in if you need to, or perhaps dealing if you need to. It's about creating the ability to take a little bit of a hit, to you know go out and invest and make a trade, to go get that guy that you really want, and still have the ability to compete when the person in front of him is gone. That is also the power of depth. Something the Golden State Warriors lost, frankly. And was a big reason why I think they ultimately lost in the finals. Was They, they just didn't have the bench depth. Now, like I said, the Magic probably aren't anywhere close to exercising this tool. They just signed a bunch of guys to big new contracts. That'll make them tough to deal. You know, they have Evan Fournier, who I think isn't quite ready to be dealt yet and, and, and could be, but could be someone that the Magic shop around a little bit. Maybe one day Aaron Gordon is that guy. Maybe Aaron Gordon is the big salary you have to give up to get the star player that you need. But again, I don't think they do that until they know where Jonathan Isaac is at and how good Jonathan Isaac might be. I don't think they are there yet. But this team could get there very quickly. If the young guys, if certain young players develop the way a lot of people expect or develop in in surprising ways, that could change a lot of the calculus. That could change the, the thought process and say, we're ready to push our chips in. To continue that metaphor though, the Magic have to have the bank. They have to have the bankroll to push their chips in on those bets. And they don't have that yet. They're letting their investments grow a little bit. And when they finally have the capital, when they finally have what they need, they are now in position to go make those bets. Depth sets you up for the future. Now, obviously, players have to deliver on the court. Young players have to continue growing and and developing and improving. But that's how you make the big moves, that next step move. And personally, I think we're still a year away from it. I, I, I think I've described it this way. The Magic are like a notch below where they have to be to make that kind of big move. And so I'm entering this season, I'm not even thinking about that yet. I want to see what this team looks like. I want to see how players improve. I want to see, you know, whether internal improvement has papered over any weaknesses. I'm not even thinking about a big move yet. I don't think I will be until the end of this season. But, you know, maybe conditions change enough to change that calculus. To make it a different 
set of facts. But again, the important thing is here, the magic are in position to do it when that time comes. Again, all they have to do now is deliver on the court and make it, make that bankroll a little bit bigger so that when the Magic do make their gamble, when the Magic do make their bet, they have the opportunity to really cash in. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house, or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming, or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So, Switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. I want to thank you all again for listening to today's episode of Locked on Magic. Of course, follow us on Twitter at Locked on Magic. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, TuneIn, the Himalaya, the Google Play app, and all the fun places to download podcasts to your podcast-enabled listening device. You can find me on Twitter at philiprr underscore omd. And of course, for the latest on the Orlando Magic, be sure to check out orlandomagicdaily.com. On tomorrow's episode of Locked on Magic, we'll talk about the 2019 Magic and whether they're truly heart and hustle part two and where they fit in with Orlando Magic history. Should be a fun discussion about magic history and where the team where the team sits. Honestly, I'm, I'm, I always love talking and thinking about this stuff. So we'll have a good. Hopefully, I'll have a good conversation uh, with it there. But I'll, I'm I'm curious to hear what you guys think about where the 2019 Magic ultimately stand in team history. So definitely hit me up at Locked On Magic. But until then, for Orlando Magic Daily and Locked On Magic, this has been Philip Rossman Reich. I'll see you all again next time for another episode of Locked On Magic. You are Locked On Magic. Your daily Orlando Magic Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.